much. Good morning. It is wonderful to be here this morning. It's um, always good to be back home. And um, so thank you for having us here on this uh, beautiful long weekend. We came from winter, and so although it is kind of humid, we're enjoying the heat. Um, so we just wanted to give you just a little bit of an update of what's happening in South Africa. So we've actually been in South Africa now for three years, and so we've come home um, partly to renew our visas for South Africa, so that might be something if you just want to keep uh, in your prayers. We're doing that in the next few weeks. Uh, we're just praying that it goes smoothly and we get them we want it in a day, but they say it takes eight weeks, so we'll see. <laughs> um, so we are thrilled um, to see communities working together. So um, maybe just a quick recap is we work with pastors in communities and basically just come, we want to walk alongside them. So we don't want to come in and say, hey, this is what you need to do because we know what you need. And we want to come and get to know them and, and just say, how can we help you? How can we walk alongside you? How can we help you realize the dreams that God has put in your heart? And so we thank God that um, things are moving. They're not without growing pains, of course. Um, many challenges that we faced, but um, and the communities face challenges as well. Um, but they're pulling together. They're seeing God move in their midst, and they're starting to take ownership of the things that are happening. Um, we are excited um, to see that they are realizing that their dreams can come true. And as they realize that they can do things on their own, they don't need to wait for somebody to come in and help them. They can do things on their own. Um, it's breaking the dependency cycle. And so... I suppose many times in the past, people have that mentality is, okay, we'll wait for them to come, they'll do something, and then if it goes wrong, we just have to go back and ask them to fix it or to give us more or something like that. And it's, it's not their fault, that's just how life has been for them, what they know. And so part of what our desire is to go and help to break that is to say, no, you don't have to wait for somebody. Um, you all have the skills within yourselves that you can do that. And so we're, we're pleased to see that that is starting to happen, is that they're not necessarily waiting for us to come and say, okay, well, we've, something is broken. Our rake is broken. We need another one. Um, they'll say, oh, well, our rake broke, but so-and-so came and fixed it, and we're moving on. And so it's a small thing, but it's something that is exciting, and it's something that um, shows that um, the community is pulling together. And so we praise God for that, that the mindset is changing. And it's not just changing for them. It's also changing for us, because our desire or our tendency is to go in and do. We want to rush in, we see a need, and we just want to rush in, and we want to fix it as best as we think it can be fixed. Um, so our mindset is also changing, is that we're not necessarily there to just run in and do. We're there to do it or to walk alongside with them. Um, let's discuss, let's see how it can be, how it can be worked out. Um, let's pray about it, let's see how God directs us, and um, let's walk together. We don't want to be pulling anybody behind us. Um, we want to be walking alongside, encouraging them, equipping them, engaging them. And so there's a, vari a various tools that we use to 
do this and to engage communities. And one of the things is a garden project, and I know we've spoken about it last year, and so the garden is growing well. Uh, we just actually got a message that the lettuce is just about to be harvested and they're going to be planting spinach, and we're not there. They're doing it on their own. They've started their own little uh, nursery area where they start growing seedlings, and even though it's been winter, it's been cold, um, they're just keeping it going. They're able to produce things for the kids in the community, for the vulnerable. Um, they're also selling it in the community so that they make some money to be able to kind of keep the garden going. And so um, it's just great to see that that is happening. We've got um, a new garden that's starting in a different area. Um, this family has next to nothing. Um, but every time we go to visit, there's more that's happened. And Felix and I always look at each other and we say, how are they doing it? Like, we know that they're really struggling. They don't have money to buy tools. They don't have money to buy seedlings or, or seeds even. But they're doing it. And it's growing. And um, it's just awesome to see how God um, is using them to touch their communities. Um, and I know Felix will share a little bit later about some of those dreams that God is placing in people's hearts. Um, so just as the garden is a tool that we're using um, to reach out into the community, CCP, Child Care Plus, is another tool. Um, and yes, CCP is a sponsorship program that provides school fees, it provides school supplies, uh, groceries for the kids. Um, it's something that's touching lives. It's making a difference in people's lives. And I think sometimes maybe people wonder, okay, well, if I'm giving you know, a certain number, a certain amount of money a month, is it really going to help? Is it going to make a difference? And I'd like to just say yes. It definitely makes a difference, not only for the kids, but for their families. They feel like they're loved. They feel like somebody cares for them. And our goal is not just to give that money every month, and help them for their immediate needs. But it's long term, so working with the caregivers uh, to say how can we come alongside you, help you, help your family, so that you will be able to support your own family, send your own kids to school, buy groceries for your family, and then in turn our desire and our prayer is that they can then help somebody else. It's not just about their own family, it's about the community working together and pulling together. And so. Um, CCP is a tool that we're able, the church is able to use because sometimes the church, especially when they don't have very much, they don't feel like they have a voice in the community because they, they feel like they can't give back. So this is a way um, that they can do that, is they can identify kids within communities um, that need that extra help. Some of our kids don't have parents, so there's kids raising kids. Um, and the church's members are identifying those kids to say, hey, let's give them a hand, let's help them. And then the kids come, usually it's once a week, they'll come to the church so they get an extra Bible class, they'll do a kids program, whatever that looks like for them. And so they're getting not just the physical needs, but they're getting the spiritual needs. They're learning about God's love for them. Um, and it's, it's great to see the smiles on those faces. Some of those kids, we remember when we first came, you see, you know, it's hard to even get a smile out of them just because life is tough. But then over time, as they're moving through the program, making relationships, and feeling that love, you can see the smiles on their faces. You can, you can see that something has changed within them. And so we're just so thankful, again, to be part of that. Um, and so we, have, we do have some information at the back about sponsoring a child, if anyone is interested in that. Um, 
And so it's about, for us, it's about encouraging the church, encouraging the leaders in those churches, about engaging them, equipping them, and empowering them to be able to go out and make a difference in their communities. Um, and so one of the initiatives that we talked about last year um, was sewing. So the community had identified that sewing would be a good way um, to give people skills and to also give back to the community. But it took us a while to figure out what that would look like. Um, because if we were able to, we didn't just want to step in and say, okay, let's do it this way. This is the way that it should work, and it will work for you. And that's not what would have happened. If we had done that, I mean, we've said over and over, what a disaster that would have been. And so it took much longer because there was discussion. We went this way, and then there was a roadblock. We went this way, there was a roadblock. And sometimes it feels like you're at a standstill, but... You know, we were praying, God, show us all the right way to do this because we know that it can make a difference. But we want to do it the right way. We want to be good stewards. And also we want God's name to be glorified through it all. And so it took time, but in the end, we have four ladies who are attending sewing school this year, um, the CCP guardians, and they're graduating in at the beginning of November. So when we go back, we're going for a graduation. And they're just thrilled. I mean, it's, it's awesome to see the look on their faces. Um, there's one lady, uh, she is a CCP guardian. She's a sister, the older sister of one of the kids. And she, I mean, language is sometimes an issue, but she was just very, I suppose her self-esteem wasn't very high. You, she, you, could, you couldn't even say hi to her barely because she wouldn't look at you, you couldn't hear her voice, um, and she wouldn't speak, she wouldn't smile. And this was like a year, two years that she was like this. And she's one of the ladies who went to the class. And we said at the beginning to the, the pastor and the people who chose the ladies to attend, we said, are you sure, like, she doesn't really know English, classes are in English, like, you're sure that this is, the, you want this lady? They said, yes, yes, she's, she's dedicated, you know, we want her to go. Oh, my goodness, you wouldn't even know it's the same person. She's speaking English well, she looks you in the eye, she's smiling, she's happy, and I know Felix is going to speak about her, she's accepted Christ as her savior, and she's just like a different person. And so we thank God for that, and that's what it's all about. It's about changing lives one at a time. And it might take long, we might not have big buildings to show you, but it's about people. It's about those people who then will go out into their community and make a difference to people that we can't reach, people that we don't know. Um, and it's, God is working. And so um, these ladies are excited to be in this program, um, anytime you talk to them, they're just excited about what they're learning. They're excited about coming back to the community and teaching more ladies what they have learned. So they're already planning. Um, and even the ladies who went through the interview process and you know, were kind of hoping they would be chosen, they didn't get chosen. And so you know, usually sometimes if you don't get chosen, you kind of say, okay, well, I'm not going to be part of this anymore. They meet together every week for discipleship classes. They pray together. The ones who are staying behind are cheering those on who are going because they know that in turn they will benefit and that they can just encourage those who are already going before them. And so um, they've started a knitting, so a knitting business on the side, on their own. They just, 
I don't even know, it was a few months ago we got a call and they just said, okay, well, we're, we're sewing jerseys, sweaters for the kids because it's winter, so when you come next time, we'll show you what we've done. It's all on their own. It was something they had talked about for years and years, and they're doing it just because of that encouragement, because of the prayer, and um, just because of um, the belief that with God's help that they can do it and they can make a difference. And so we continue to do various kinds of trainings, finance training, um, HIV and AIDS training, team building training. And you know some of the things, especially with uh, finance training, it's not very glamorous. And it's not very exciting. Uh, I'll be the first to say that. It's not exciting. But when somebody doesn't even know almost what a receipt looks like because they can't be bothered to even take it from the till. And now they know they have to keep it, they have to add up how much they've spent, they have to report back on it. That's a big thing, it's a big life skill that I think sometimes we might take it for granted that we know, okay, well, we earn $10, we can't spend 15 because we only have 10, but not everybody knows that. Not everybody has been taught that. And so it's a simple thing, but it's something that will help them, especially as they're moving forward in their business and um, in the things that they want to do for their community. And so um, uh, Felix is just going to come now and talk a bit more about the discipleship classes. Uh, just before we came, we had a graduation of 24 people from a discipleship class. And uh, it was very exciting just to hear the testimonies of how God is working in their lives and in their midst. And... Um, Blessing their families through it all. Amen. Thanks. I don't need that. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Wow, this is uh, amazing. It's good to see all of you. Well, some of you, because most of you are, some of them are on holiday, I think. Uh, oh, it's that. Oh, I thought it was me. I'm used to holding a microphone, so this is all new to me. So I have all my hands today. <laughs> exciting, exciting. Uh, it's me. So I'm, I'm happy um, that you have given us this opportunity to share, and most of it, uh, Cecilia has shared most of it. Um, but I just want you to uh, do something with me. Um, maybe most of you have uh, uh, a phone. Uh, you call it a smartphone or, yeah, smartphone, yeah. Um, if you can put a light on it, please, if you can just, you know, bear with me for just a little while. Ah, those, those ones are too bright. Hey, whoa, wow, look at that. Beautiful, look at this. Wow, imagine then we close all, switch all of those lights on. So we're going to sing a song. We all know the song, This Little Light of Mine, eh? You know the song? All right, let's sing it together. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. Come on, join me. Ah, hey. Oh, this little light of mine, hey, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, yeah, this little light of mine. 
I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine Oh, I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Amen I think mine was shining brighter Do you think? No, I don't think so It wasn't I was under the table was hiding my light. So we, there's a lot happening there. I can't shine my light to others when I hide my light from others. If it was darkness in here and I was the only light right now, I don't think a lot of you would have seen my light because it was definitely hidden. So it's not all about the projects that is happening. It's not all. We don't normally call them projects. We call them initiatives. It's not about the initiatives that is happening. It's about the people. People matters. And we want to give them the word of God. So hence we disciple them. We work hand in hand with uh, Dean and Wendy Skinner. Uh, Emmanuel Press in South Africa, and we use the discipleship courses to train these communities. I think I need this, right? Yeah, thank you. So we train them that they can be sound in their theology, so that when they stand in front of their congregation, they are able to deliver a message that is sound. They are able to build uh, and edify the church. We give them these lessons so that they can actually step out into the dark places and share the word of God with those who don't know the word of God. And that's our desire. Our desire is to develop the people as a whole, develop the community as a whole, not just one part but both parts. We want them to experience the freedom that they need to experience. Financial freedom and freedom in Christ. So we come in with development and we come in with discipleship and we mingle those two together. We mix those two together. Then we get full communities that fear God, that, have, that are full of integrity, but also that knows how to help their own community develop. So today, I'm going to share with you, I'm not going to do the three-point sermon that we were taught in Bible school. Put your three points, explain them well, your conclusion, prayer, and dismiss. <laughs> So for those critics and theologians, bear with me. I'm just going to share it from my heart. And I believe that what, that's what God wants us to do. That's Martha and David Sekoto. Martha and David Sekoto, we met them three years ago. And when we met them, the husband had a stroke. So he couldn't walk. He was the senior pastor of the church. He couldn't walk. So at the end of the day, they had to find someone to fill in. But Martha kept the church going. 
she's not trained as a pastor, but she was a pastor because she was pastoring a congregation. And it was hard for her, difficult for her. So she would go to church, take care of the husband. It was difficult. And she had a daughter who had a baby, and the daughter left the baby with her. So she was taking care of the husband, the daughter, uh, the daughter's daughter, the granddaughter, or son, son, yeah. And it was difficult for her. But all in all, she pulled through. But this guy here, my friend, David, he is a very, very good friend of mine. We, I love him. When we start talking, we understand each other. Because he doesn't speak. He's learning to get his speech back. So I come in, I say, hello, David. He's like, hmm, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And we'll be smiling at each other. We know exactly what we are talking about. He's a very good guy. But from where he came from, not walking, and then walking. No one thought he was going to walk, but he's walking. And uh, I think a few months ago, he said, hello. That's beautiful. The touch of God. So where am I going with all this? So the garden that we're talking about, we're talking about the garden where we are growing the moringa tree, we're growing our vegetables, different types of vegetables. Once we went together with Cecilia and then we saw one of the tree, it was broken. So we thought, ah, let's throw it away. So we removed the leaves, harvested the leaves, and then we threw the branches away. So Martha, because we have been talking about this moringa tree, she took this branch, went home, you know, cut it into small little pieces and boiled these branches. And then she gave the husband tea to drink. So the husband drank, and then later on she comes to us and she says to us, hey, my husband hasn't had uh, epilepsy for quite some time. We have been drinking this uh, small little branches for tea, and he hasn't had any issues for a long time. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you for providing such medicine for this guy so that he can be able to stand and not always falling down. That's one story. The other story, there's this guy. His name is Lawrence. I think uh, the first time we shared something here, we showed a picture of Lawrence, and Lawrence is HIV positive. And when we showed that picture, Lawrence was a small little boy with wounds on his head, and no one even thought that Lawrence was going to survive. No one. Now Lawrence is 16 years old. He's still living. He's healthy very healthy, a good young man. And 
because of CCP, because of uh, Evangel, walking alongside these communities, this guy here is able to go to school, is able to go to visit the doctors, he's able to do a lot of things because if he didn't have anything, any support, there was no hope for him. But we walked through together with this young man, Lawrence. Salelani. Salelani is the sister to Lawrence. Salelani is the lady that Cecilia was talking about. Very shy and she couldn't talk. She was just all reserved. But now when she speaks, we are always looking at each other like, is this the same lady? And she accepted Jesus Christ. What the communities did was to bring in people who didn't know Christ and train them. So we don't just choose people from the church and say, we're going to train you. We mix them with others who don't even know Christ. It's a difficult job, but we need them to be in the church. So they brought her in, and she was crying and saying, how can you choose me? I don't even know Christ. But later on, she found Jesus. She found Jesus. And when she was explaining it, she said, this, this is amazing. I, I didn't know that you would do that in church. You would even choose me, a person who is not from within. I think as a church, we build a lot of walls around us and we don't allow people that we're supposed to preach to, that we're supposed to um, show the light to, to see us, to see how we live. We try and put ourselves in a small little corner and have, and it ends up being a small little group or a club but that's not who we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be the light. We're supposed to shine that light and not build the walls, but accept, open those doors, let the people come in, let them see and experience Jesus Christ. It's not about taking the Bible and banging it on their heads, but it's about living a life of righteousness. When people see that, they are drawn to you. They want to know, how can you live a life like that? That's what they want to know. It's not about the most verses I can say. It's not about the most verses I can cut. It's not about dressing and putting on a tie so that I look so presentable and people say, oh, yeah, that's a man of God. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's about living a life that fears God. It's about living a life that has freedom in it. That when people look at you, they say, ah, there's something in this guy, and I want that. I want to be like that. I desire to be like that. That when I walk, every time I go to the O, is that the O? Yeah, I like that name. When I go to the O, I walk in, I walk out, they see something. I don't have to say anything because sometimes we think we have to say something. It's not about saying something. 
It's about just living your life. Yeah, if God tells you to say something, say something, but live your life for God. When you live your life for God, people will see his love. And they want to just touch. Zodwa. Zodwa and Sifesihe. Sifesihe, it means the beautiful one. Yes, the beautiful one. Zodwa is, uh, how old is she now? She's 17 now. And that's her daughter. Zodwa was a, or is a baby, or was a baby when she had a baby. There's a lot that we experience through. When you see this, and you see a baby having a baby and taking care of a baby, she doesn't have parents. She has sisters. They take care of each other. And now she's taking care of another baby. It's sad, hey? But look at those smiles. You know, we might all be going through a whole lot of things. I, I don't know what you're going through, but these guys are going through difficulties. They can still afford to put a smile on their faces. If you look at Zodwa, she's going to school. She wants to be a policewoman. She made a mistake, but she is where she is today. And when you look at her, you see, you see hope. There is hope in her. You look at David and Martha, there is hope in them. They are going through different situations. In January, I went through a surgery. It was uh, probably one of the first in my life, the biggest. Um, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like the sound of it. I didn't like the doctor telling me that you have to have surgery. I, I didn't like it. It's... It, it was like my life is over. Um, maybe there might be some of you who might have gone through a surgery of some sort, but when someone tells you that you need a surgery, uh, you know, if it was a surgery for a knee, maybe, but no, it's still a problem because I went for a surgery for a knee, I didn't like it again. So the doctor says to me, so I've been, I, I was falling down. Uh, and I was wondering, maybe I'm tired, maybe I'm working too hard, so maybe I'm just tired, so I just need to sleep, so I just, I just fall down. It didn't make sense, but for me, you know, denial, it, it made sense. <laughs> you know, when you're sick, you know you, you have an issue, but still you just don't want to visit the doctor because you're fine. Yeah. When everyone asks you, are you okay? I'm fine. So I said, no, I, no I, I'm okay. So for years, I've been saying to my wife, my dear wife, bless her, I'm fine. I'm okay. 
So one time something happened. So I fell down. And this time I really felt it. So I went head first, as she says. And she says, I, we are going to the doctor. And I've never seen that face before. <laughs> so I knew that was, that was serious. So we went to the doctor. And the doctor did his checking. That was a vigorous check. All wires and things going. And in my head, everything is just spinning. And I'm, I'm thinking, what is all this about? Then he brought me into his office, and we sat down, and uh, he delivered the news. And he says, hey, my, my friend, your heart stops. So I said, oh, it stops? He says, yes, it forgets to pump sometimes. And this time it has forgotten to pump for three seconds? So I said, oh, three. So then I started counting. One, two, three. I said, that's a long time. Then he went on to say, uh, at this time it stopped for five seconds. So I started counting. One, two, three, four, five. Then I realized that that's a long time for a heart not to pump. And he said, you need to put something in you so that it helps you pump. <laughs> I sat there for quite some time, just looking down and thinking, okay, what is, what is all this? I, I, I hope, I know maybe there might be some people who understand what I'm talking about. It is difficult to accept news like that. It is difficult for someone to say, I'm going to put something in your body so that you can function well. I'm telling you, I was scared. Do we have faith? Do I have faith? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have faith. I, I believed that everything was going to be okay. At that time, I prayed like I've never prayed before. You know, when you are in difficult situations, we pray hard. We even fast. Bring in some fasting in there. God, just heal it. Heal, 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 heal. We use words that we've never used before. Because we are in a difficult situation. It makes us go closer to God. Situations like this. I remember laying down and I'm seeing lights everywhere in this humongous room and they are pushing me. And I'm just saying, oh, I've seen movies. It's difficult. Now, when I say it today, it's funny. But you know what? Life is too short. We have to enjoy life. We have to enjoy life. I, I went there, and beside me were stickers, and these stickers had encouraging words from the Bible. And the lady came to me, and she said to me, Ah, are you not getting one sticker 
And I said, uh, no. So at that time, I was now calm because my daughter looked at me and she said, you're going to be fine. And I could hear her cry as she was going because she was not allowed to be close. And I said, oh, it's okay. I said, take a stick. I said, no, 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 I'm good. And he said, uh-oh. Many people take a sticker. You have to have that sticker. It's, it's good for you. I said, no, no, I don't need it. I think I have everything that I need. Why am I telling you this story? I'm saying we might all be going through something. It might be financial. It might be emotional. It might be physical. We all have our own little situations going in here. But will that stop me from shining the light. No. It's not going to stop me from shining the light. It's not. It's not going to stop them shining the light. Regardless what situation they are in, it's not going to stop them shining the light. Because we are made differently. He made us for a purpose. And the purpose is to tell the people about his love, to share his love. I have a story here that I'm going to read. And um, maybe some of you might have heard this story before. But there was a young woman who went to her grandmother and told her about her life and how things were so hard for her. She did not know how she was going to make it and wanted to give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling. It seemed as one problem was solved, a new one arose. Her grandmother took her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water. In the first, she placed carrots. In the second, she placed eggs. And in the last, she placed ground coffee beans. She let them sit and boil without saying a word. In about 20 minutes, she turned off the banners. She finished the carrots, fished them out, and placed them in a bowl. And she pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. Then, she ladled the coffee. She ladled it out and placed it in a nice bowl. Turning to her granddaughter, she said, she asked her, tell me, what do you see? Carrots, eggs, and coffee, she replied. She brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did and noted that they got soft. She then asked, take out the egg and break it. The daughter, the granddaughter took the egg out, break the egg. After she pulled the shells off, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, she asked, can you sip the coffee? The grandmother said. And the granddaughter smiled as she tested its rich aroma. 
The granddaughter then asked, what's the point, grandmother? Her grandmother explained that each of these objects had first the same adversity, boiling water, but each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong and hard and unrelenting. However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg, being fragile, its thin outer shell and protected its liquid, the interior, but after sitting through the boiling water, its inside became hardened. The ground coffee, the beans, were unique. After they were in the boiling water, they had changed the water. Which are you? She asked her granddaughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Think of this. Which am I? Am I the carrot that seems strong, but with pain and adversity, do I wilt and become soft? and lose my strength? Am I an egg that starts with a malleable heart but changes with the heat? Did I have a fluid spirit but after a death, a breakup, a financial hardship, or some other trial, have I become hardened and stiff? Does my shell look the same? But on the inside, am I bitter and tough with a stiff spirit and a hardened heart? Or am I like the coffee bean? The bean actually changes the hot water. The very circumstance that brings the pain when the water gets hot, it releases the fragrance and flavor. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst, you get better and change the situation around you. When the hours are darkest and the trials are greatest, do you elevate to another? My question, how do we respond when difficult situations like this come upon us? Are we the carrot? Are we the egg? Or are we the coffee bean? We might be going through something right now I want to take this opportunity to just pray. Pray for our situations. I know Pastor shared of the people who needs prayer. We have to remember them in those prayers. But you might want prayer today. You might need prayer. You might want prayer like Zodwa, like 
David and Martha, like Salelani and Lawrence, like me, we might all need prayer to strengthen ourselves. Prayer to get through what we are going through, but learn that God is saying something about that situation. You might need prayer today. I'm going to ask, Halim, we might be facing difficult situations, brothers and sisters, but I think prayer changes everything. It changes everything. Some might be healed instantly. Some might need the doctors to work on them. Some might need the peace of God that surpasses all the understanding. But we are a family and we go through things. We might not share them publicly, but we go through things and we need to pray together. Was prayer is an important part of our lives. So let's just stand up and I'll invite Pastor to take this from. Let's just stand up and uh, and just pray. Amen.